A little while ago, Nikki and I attended a three-day nonviolent communication workshop, which started us on a journey to better understand ourselves, our needs, and the needs of those around us, and to really get curious when it comes to conflict and uncomfortable conversations. Today, I invited our NBC facilitator, Kate Raffin, to the podcast to chat about the power of nonviolent communication. Before I start this episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Kabi Kabi and the Gubby Gubby people. I'd like to acknowledge, and I really have a deep appreciation and respect to the elders, the lands and the seas on which we work, and extend this to the nations worldwide. I'd like to acknowledge the importance of sharing knowledge, culture, and stories respectfully, and understanding that our babies are the future knowledge keepers who will continue this journey of respect all round. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. You've got me here today, Vicky Oliver. Now, before we start, I always want to invite you to like, share the podcast. If you hear about something that you liked in today's episode, it really helps us to get what we have to say and what our guests have to say in more ears. And we really appreciate your feedback and sharing. So um, if you could like and subscribe to the podcast, you get it weekly. We usually drop our episodes on Tuesday uh, and then we can hopefully get more children outside and into nature and also helping our children to be more respected and to feel more empowered in our world. That's one of our aims here at Wildlings. Now, today's guest, I'm going to go on a little bit of a story here. Many years ago, I was in the library and I found a book called Nonviolent Communication. Uh, I devoured the book. I thought I had a whole heap of um, tools to add to my toolbox after reading it, particularly in regards to parenting uh, and my close relationships. And then a few years later, my friend Kat, who has actually been on the podcast, so I talked to Kat about Screen Smart Families and then Nikki recently talked to her about herbalism with children. Um, She has a beautiful business called Everyday Empowered and she hosted a face-to-face workshop in nonviolent communication that was um, facilitated by Kate Raffin, who is my guest today. Now, the difference between having what I thought was a theoretical knowledge of NVC compared to doing the workshop in real life was just life-changing really. Um, The book's great. It's amazing. I definitely recommend you reading it. But having someone like Kate, and you'll see after our conversation today how amazing she is. She's the most fantastic facilitator. But actually having a working knowledge and and a way to practice, putting into practice. Sometimes we have these beautiful ways of knowing and doing, but we unless we get to practice them, we don't actually get to reap the benefits and and to, to, to get the joy out of life that we would like when we read about these amazing concepts. So I invited her to the podcast because I really wanted to share the beautiful world of NVC with you. I also just want to add a little um, trigger warning. Um, towards the end of the episode, we do talk about grief. So um, I just wanted to let you know that we will be discussing that towards the end of the episode, um, just so that you are aware. But for now, I'd like to introduce you to Kate. Kate, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a little while. I can't remember, was it last year? 
oh, time escapes me when um, Nikki and I came to do your NBC course. Um, and it's so nice to see your face again. So welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. I'd like to start by asking how you came upon Marshall Rosenberg's work with NVC because he was the pioneer in this amazing way of communicating. So do you want to start there? Yeah, I guess um, back in Sydney in 2005, I, um, I had a stall at Paddington Markets, which is quite well known to many people. Um, and I'd been there for 20-something years selling my handmade books and we had some new challenges arrive with new management coming in and the rent going up and storeholders um, being asked to leave the markets and not no longer trade and that was just really hard for many of us. And I guess being the, um, the sort of uh, non-conforming people we were, business, yeah, the small business people we were, we really mm. were, you know, really affected by that. So we kept getting together to look for ways to respond um, and hold our rights and you know I kept going to these meetings and um, people would say okay we need to go to the media we need to do a boycott on rent we need to do this we need to you know mm. and I go no 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 that's that's not going to work we're just getting we're just building up our ammunition you know that's like no we need to do something different and I kept going to these meetings and saying no we can't do that and eventually they turned around and said to me hey Kate you keep saying no to these ideas that we have. Have you got any better ones? And they go, no. <laughs> and they said, well, could you just keep quiet over there? Um, but then in that time I went to a, a very short introduction workshop with Shari L and it just blew my mind. I went, oh, my goodness, this is the missing piece I've been looking for for quite a while, um, which is how how can, we, you know, when what other strategies are available, what other responses can we have and what do I listen to and how do I deal with the panic and the really the terror that a lot of us were, were in? Like this is our mm -hmm. livelihood. What, how can we do this? And so from then on I really pursued NVC and ended up, you know, I think a couple of months later in New Zealand with Marshall Rosenberg at um, a, a nine-day intensive, which was fantastic to actually meet him and work with him. Mm -hmm. um, and that just kicked me right into the centre of this and it, I, it became very strongly my centre path. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I just pursued it and whatever training I wanted, I invited the trainers from wherever they were to come to Australia and, or if they were in Australia to, to run things. And yeah, I really, you know, got stuck into it and made so many beautiful mistakes that taught me how not to <laughs> play with this work, but it's very strong with me now. How many years later? Um, 2005, it's now. 10, is it 17 years? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really a teenager in me rebelling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's powerful work and you're a fantastic facilitator and I can imagine yeah, working with Marshall would have been so fascinating because when I read his book and some of the conflicts that he was able to sit in on around the world, so we're not just talking, you know, low-level everyday conflict, we're talking worldwide like I don't can't even think of the word, but like guerrillas and and like you know political battles, and he was able to facilitate at least some sort of communication between his people, and that's what blew my mind at the capacity of this sort of work. I thought, man, if it can have work at that level, imagine the impact it can have on such a personal level as well. So, what do you think the benefits of having NVC are for people? I think the biggest thing is is one. 
one thing that Marshall used to say, which has become, and a lot of the things that he said and I heard him say and read, um, and at the time I went, how does that work? I've, I've pretty much had a relationship or a experience with each of them now, the ones, especially, particularly the ones that went, wait, what do you mean? And because they're quite radical ideas to, you know, particularly to my education, mm. things like, you know, enemy images um, are one of the biggest contributors to violence on the planet. Mm. And just that term needs very little explanation and I really encourage people to think of what what do you understand when, when you hear the term enemy images. Mm. And I guess it's, it's, it's this whole um, making someone else responsible for what's going on in me, mm. really blaming and disrespecting and not accepting myself if I have enemy images about myself or about another person. It makes it very hard to stay in touch with that human, to, that the other person's a human that, or that I'm a human. Um, so working on those is important. And I think one of the other things is that in a way everything is feedback. And so conflict is this beautiful and, you know, I really want to, you know, caveat this with saying also painful experience but it's an opportunity for us to see what's actually what's going on and NVC offers me a very clear path or steps to actually be able to be with conflict in a way where I'm not just withdrawing Mm. I'm not just and not that I'm actually because I was frozen in those meetings with the markets I was frozen I was like I don't know what else to do I've got nothing to lean on except what you're offering and um, it's just, it, it's really something I can lean into in order to reframe or get another perspective to um, respond differently and to be at more choice, to be at a lot more choice. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, sometimes we, I think I was saying to myself earlier that it's very easy to have a theoretical knowledge of MVC. You read the book and you can get, you can get tools from that just from reading it. Very different to applying those practically and having someone give you that feedback because you can have an argument in your head or a dialogue in your head about how it's going to go but unless you actually practice it out loud and have someone else respond in a way that you can't expect it's very different in acquiring those skills so what do you think the benefits of of doing this face-to-face as opposed to which I I think that obviously reading the book's very beneficial or reading anything about MVC is is going to be eye-opening and enlightening and it might change so much about the way that you see conflict or, or see communication. But doing it face-to-face is an entirely different thing. Yeah. What do you think you see when you when you host those face-to-face workshops? Yeah, I, that's what I see and it's what I really try to encourage. Um, it is my experience. I did read the book after that first intro session and it was amazing enough to get me into the workshop, which got me into that. Mm. you know um time with marshall it's really it it really is the walking it in the street it's really is the walking in our relationships and the more practice i get we we can have Mm -hmm. it's like learning a new instrument you know if you pick up the clarinet you need to learn the scales and that takes time and it takes having a practice environment you know Mm. um you know you close the doors so your family are protected (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you give the scales a go or, you know, you, you pick times when it's not going to wake your neighbours up. or, and But you, you really dedicate that practice environment and there's some, you know, there can be some really beautiful kind of um, 
attributes in that in that space of a workshop or a training or a practice group mm -hmm. or um, a one-on-one -on -one session with somebody or empathy buddy where you can really allow yourself to practice the skills and by doing that you know using that that wonderful quote of Marshall's which is you know um, if anything's worth screwing up it's worth screwing up fully like let our mistakes teach us you know like what was his exact all I can do is become progressive progressively less stupid <laughs> <laughs> and to me it, it is the walking it in the street it is the you know um, practicing it in the workshop and having that feedback directly from another person mm. who you're working with and really slowing life down so we can look inside what is the nature of this what's the anatomy of of what's going on in me as Marsha would say what's alive in me yeah it's the anatomy of looking at how do I investigate that and how do I how do I go in there and how do I get out yeah <laughs> in a way. yeah and and how sometimes we think that we're saying the right thing mm. and then when we when someone receives what we hear and parrots that back to us or or tells us how that makes them feel or how they're interpreting it we can actually evaluate how important language is and the yeah, words that totally. we use. um and that's mm. one of the big things I took out of the workshop is um how from a from a parenting perspective and as an educator is that importance of gifting people more words better language words to describe how they're feeling their emotions and their needs which is Something I think that most of us haven't had, you know, we, we pick up pieces along the way, but we end up with the mad, sad, glad sort of ways mm. of describing how we feel. Mm. But life is so much more complicated than that. And if we can narrow down those needs more clearly, it just helps people to understand us more and we can understand people more and then that compassion and empathy. So I think as I babble, I'll go back to, do you want to describe to us exactly what MVC is? Like what, what, what is the premise we haven't even talked about that yet yeah I would I I would it'd be I'll be interested to hear what comes out of my mouth because I don't have a, an elevator speech for this but what is NVC it's to me it's it's a it's a it's a long-term relationship with myself mm. and the world it's um an investment into some practices and principles of non-violence um being defined as used by Dr. Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela and Mahatma Gandhi and many, many others, um, of how can we respond even more powerfully because how can we bring the truth? So, you know, there's a model that goes with it. Marshall sort of did some investigation and noticed that to make clear observations, to identify what we're feeling, to connect to what we're longing for, as we call it, needs, and to make clear doable requests of other people and ourselves seems to support us to stay and to create more connection. Mm. It's not a done deal. <laughs> it's not It's not the formula. It's just there as a skeleton and a, as a support. What's probably more important, which you, you also mentioned, is it's not the words that come out of my mouth so much, but how connected I am to what mm. it is that I'm longing for. So how much I'm connected to what I'm needing and when I say that you know if, if I'm annoyed about something I can be really focused on the actions of another person or the words of another person but until I really identify what is it that I'm really feeling and I come as close to my body as I can so I'm really making that separation from thoughts <laughs> to feelings and even body sensations being as close as I can get to this beautiful biofeedback mechanism that I have my body 
and to really take responsibility for those feelings by connecting to, hang on, what is it that I really want? Which is a question I was never asked. No. Or asked to ask myself, what is it I'm longing for? Because it sounds like, oh, what do you want? It's a selfish thing. But actually, it's really important to know what it is we're looking for as we go out in the world or into our conversations or into our relationships. What am I intending? So if I'm connected to what I'm intending, whether it be I'm really looking for some support, I'm really looking for some connection or some direction forward or empathy or trust, I'm really wanting to build trust between us, it's like just naming it in whatever way I name it. But if I'm connected to it, it's an invitation to the other person to actually check in, what are, what is, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a similar thing? If not, how can we hold what we're both looking for mm. and go in going forward? Um, I know no more responsible way to or no better way to take a responsibility for what I'm feeling. Mm. Yeah. It's such a big thing and I think for adults in particular, really difficult patterns to break in the way that we've been doing things, which is why I think practicing it in real life and, and going to a workshop is so valuable because for me now, as much as I know that it will help me, I also have a huge responsibility being a parent and I want to be able to help my children to have this skill set so that we can make sure that our connection remains solid um, and that we have ways to, to bring ourselves back to that when we're feeling disconnected. So that's why I think it's so important. So how do you think MVC also helps our family relationships? Mm. Only in every way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's really, about, it's really about those levels of relationship with myself, noticing, you know, particularly in this role or this label we give ourselves as parents mm. um, and all that comes with that. Um, even step parents or step grandparents, or which you know, um, uh, or partners, you know, it comes with a whole heap of cultural um, do's and don'ts, you know, expectations and pressures, and somehow can be we can be focusing so much on how what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, what am I supposed to do here, and any time I find myself putting my authority externalizing the authority mm -hmm. for what it, for the choices I'm making, I notice it's not quite representing me. So the more I can internalize and really listen, what is my gut feeling here? How can I identify what it is that's, that I'm longing for again to keep talking about that? What is it that I'm needing? Mm -hmm. The more connected I can be to that, the more available I'll be to hear what it is that you're needing. Yes. And so it's that internal level and then the relational so we can share our dilemma. Ah, you're wanting this, you're really willing time. And I say the age-old one that comes up in, in workshops is how do I get my kids in the car <laughs> first thing in the morning to get them to school so I can go to work or do whatever I need to do. And very tangibly, it's about choosing a time to really not probably not the hot moment of we've got to get in the car now, yeah. but just choosing a time to say it sounds like, hey, can we talk about what happens in the morning because I, I really want to, and you share the dilemma, like I really want to be able to find a way where it's going to work for both of us. sounds like the morning's a really fun time for you to play and to just be spacious with just hanging out with your toys and your siblings and you just love that extended time. Is that it? Yeah, right. Okay, or well, just have that, be willing to have that corrected, go in there so curiously. Mm. You know, I'm also wanting to have fun too. I'm really wanting this to work for both of us. And 
you know, I also notice you really like to get to your playgroup or school on time and, you know, it's a bit stressful when you do get there late. Have I got that? You know, I'm just curious. Have I got that? Mm-hmm. Trying to minimize my assumptions. And then, hey, I'm re- also really wanting something. You know, I'm really wanting to make sure that we have, you know, that I'm wanting some more peaceful. I'm really wanting to work a little bit more like water flowing, you know. So mm-hmm. can you see a way that we could both get what we want here? And really trusting in the wisdom of, of everybody in the relationship, Yeah, no matter how old we are. That, you know, as parents, we sort of often say, or as adults, we're supposed to have the solutions. It's like, hang on, can I share this dilemma? Can I be this curious to not know yet? I might have some ideas to offer, but I want to be open to other people's ideas as well. And just, it's the staying updated. I think it's Dominic Bader who says NVC is not a model. It's an ongoing invitation into relationship. I love that. Yeah. I I just, yeah, I could listen to you talk all day. Um, But, yeah, I I think... (laughs) So, so spot on in um, just that checking in and trying to take away assumptions and the judgment and the and often sometimes criticism as well that comes with it and offering people an opportunity to to give that feedback themselves. Mm. Um, with children, it can be hard because obviously they they might not know. So sometimes we do. I guess like what you're saying, you have to sort of have your best guess at what they're feeling and check and but making sure like that's the key part is not making the assumption and making it a statement but saying it in a way that invites them to correct you mm. because I found that a lot in the workshops that someone would make an assumption or um, what I'm hearing is and the person would say that's not it mm. no you, that's not what I'm feeling that's not what I what's what's happening in that's that's not what's alive in me and so we can we can offer that idea but have to be open to accepting that we might have it completely wrong. And that's what is allowing that connection to flow. Exactly. And, and just as much as we can, like somehow this idea that we're supposed to know, mm. I, I see it as really getting in the way. It's one of the, it's almost to me the opposite of freedom. Yeah. It's a little bit like a mentor once said that and just said what, you know, asked us as a group, well, what's the opposite to freedom? And we all were saying, you know, slavery and imprisonment. And she said, well, actually, I think it's the idea that we know. Mm. It's like, oh, this is really interesting. And I've, I've just carried that, wondering about that, because I notice the consequences of cleanup that I have to do if I go into a situation thinking I have all the answers and I'm not curious. And sometimes we do. Sometimes it's like I need to just say yes Now's the time to get in the car. It's not negotiable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to do it, but we know we're going to do that. And so, you know, there's another time to choose to have the conversations that may, you know, just open up a little more. Um, yeah, the more curiosity I can create about myself and another and other people, I'm enjoying life so much better. You know, I, um, and that's it, right? You, I love that. That's where you get to. So you're enjoying mm-hmm. life better. Like that just gives mm-hmm. me goosebumps. That that's the consequence of living with an open heart and an open mind, and that freedom of not, like you say, that's that's a really impactful way of looking at things. Yeah. Can you give me some examples of how NVCs changed your life? Sure. I I like this. I was just about to say I've got a, a couple of examples I'd enjoy to share, and um, mm. it's really the honor of witnessing what happens when, like I work a lot with, you know, groups of people and pairs of people who are in conflict and 
support them to hear each other as best as possible. And I'm, I see my role as a traffic cop. And even just yesterday, I was in a supported dialogue, which is what I call what I do mediation. It's really, and just trying to support them to hear each other. And we were using a very simple reflective process. And to watch the settlement of, um, and to witness that saying something and having it heard, having it heard for the significance um, of what I'm trying to express, and that is the needs or the meaning, you know, having that significance actually heard, not agreed with. There's a, just a power in that, I think. And so yeah. I think I, I, watched my, I watched as my dad, my beautiful dad who passed in um, seven years ago, he had been through a journey with uh, leukemia and he'd been getting treatment and he was really, he'd had enough. He got to a point where he'd had enough. And my mum had been doing an amazing job of caring for him. And he said to me, hey, and I pulled me aside and he just said, look, I think I'm done. I think I've had enough. And I'd really, I want to see if you can maybe help me. I, I think it's going to be really hard for Janie, your mum, to hear this because she's, so been in there every day supporting me, taking me to appointments and tracking them and asking questions and, you know, doing all the beautiful caring things that she does. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for her because I think it's going to look like I'm giving up and I just don't think it's going to go well. And I said, yeah, sure, Dad, I'd love to help you. It would be an honour, you know. So we sat down, the three of us, and I sort of said, Dad, you know, and I just sort of said, look, Mum, Dad's asked me to support you here. He's got something he really wants you to hear. Do you feel like this is a good time to hear it? And she said, yeah. She said, I'm really curious what it is. And I just asked him, Dad, what do you want Mum to hear? And he just sort of told it in his way. And I just watched my mum. I watched my mum receive the information and her eyes dropped to the floor. And, you know, I just said, Mum, you know, eventually when Dad had finished what he was saying, um, and Dad and I practiced it a little bit too. I said, Dad, how, how do you want to say it? What's your truth? And he said, oh, I'd say it like this. I said, that sounds great. It sounds like you really got it and you got care for her in there. And anyway, Mum's eyes dropped to the floor and then I just said to her, hey, Mum, how are you doing? How is it to hear this information? And she said, yeah, it's good. I can feel the part of me that's like, you know, really sad and there's also the part of me that's relieved and she looked at him and she just said <sighs> she said I trust you and I honor your decision and I want to get behind it the whole way I'm really ready I'm with you wow that's powerful yeah it was really beautiful so we got to it and <laughs> And it was a really beautiful ending of his life in so many ways. We were ready for him to pass. He came home from hospital and, you know, we had the palliative care team step in and they were amazing and Dad worked with them really well and yeah. Mum did as well too. And we were very lucky to have that support. But I guess it was that conversation that, you know, I don't know how it would have gone. It possibly would have gone okay without me there, but just – I asked Dad later, you know, and Mum responded and I said, Dad, do you feel like there's anything more you want to say? And he said, you know, I really want to thank you, Janie, for all that you've done for me. It's been incredible to be your husband. And 
for these 60 plus years and you've really stepped up and I just want you to know how much how hard it's been and how much you've I've seen you show up and she just <laughs> received that fully and I, I I just said to her can you just let dad know what you said what you heard because I think he really wants to know you've heard that and she said yeah I can let him know and she told him you know Rafa I really hear that you you're grateful and he just I watched his eyes and body just soften you know and just really take in what she had heard and then I said mum is there anything you else you want heard and she said yeah and she said something really similar back to him and I asked him to reflect it back so that she could have a sense of how she'd been heard and it was just, it was really beautiful and it was a little bit like a party after that. <laughs> Dad ended up living <laughs> quite a bit longer than any of us had known. He came home and he wanted to see these people to say goodbye and he said, can you just ring those people and tell them to come? And, and he had energy and he passed in a way that was really, um, yeah, by his choice. Yeah. You know? And Mum passed earlier this year and I feel like she learnt from watching him go the way he wanted to go. She kind of, I'm grateful to say, she kind of went the way she wanted to go, probably by living the example of him, watching him have a lot of what in place that he was really wanting. So I, I put a lot of that down to NBC and, you know, me being available and probably more than anything having the confidence to, to just gently guide that conversation um, in ways that, I felt supported connection, you know, yeah. so I, I'm deep, I'm deeply grateful. And I told them how grateful I was to be there to witness that. And yeah. <laughs> that's one of, I mean, that's one of the, the big moments in life that many of us, we don't talk about it. Number one, it's not something we often talk about is the end of life and how that looks and how we can support that. And that vulnerability in that moment, um, because I can imagine it's traumatic to be in both positions, to be the one that's ill and the, and the caregiver at the same time, and then to be vulnerable about how that's impacted you and then to to open up at that moment so that everyone has like this peace at the end and nothing was left unspoken by mm. the sounds of things either, which is I guess what a lot of people find is that regret of not being able to fully be seen yeah. in those moments. That's really well, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I guess I want to just just say quickly, just <clears throat> I imagine this could be quite um, stimulating for someone to hear if that wasn't your experience of, of witnessing someone passing. And I guess there's something I want to say, like there was a lot of celebration in, in my dad and my mum's passing in that conversation and, you know, that that they did get to go with a lot of the things in place that they wanted. and. NVC really offers us the opportunity to celebrate and also to mourn and mm -hmm. to really, you know, I just want to encourage anyone who is listening to this, if you did hear that and it stimulated some pain or some grief in you, to make a bit of space for that as you would a celebration and, you know, to connect to your needs and to make space to mourn. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's probably one of the other most important things that we need to do because to mourn, is to allow life to have its have its space as well to really mm. give ourselves the opportunity to have our tears to have our even our crankiness mm. and to identify it as this is me grieving this is me mourning 
and I'm already walking with this <laughs> life experience that I'm mourning. Mm. Let me honor it as, mm. you know, the same life that's there when I'm excited or celebrating something. Yeah. So connecting to needs and giving space to that, there's so much more I could say. <laughs> but just just to bring in the compassion, to bring in the, mm-hmm. the empathy for ourselves and to get the support that we need from ourselves and from other people, to find that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I think that was a really lovely way to, to wrap up our beautiful conversation today, Kate. Um, mm. Really, really love listening to you talk about the impact of NVC and the way that you framed this beautiful way of journeying through life. So thank you so much for joining me today. There's just four little questions. Come to mind. Great. Um, okay. <laughs> so we always ask our guests what their favourite book is or a book that they just think people would really enjoy. Mm, I love that question and it's it's been the same for a while. Um, it's Catherine Cadden's Peaceful Revolution. Um, it's she's a colleague and a dear friend and yeah it's an incredible book for anyone but particularly parents or educators excellent thanks for that recommendation I always I get so excited to hear what people have been reading because my eyes have been open to so many beautiful concepts and stories and people amazing people so thank you for that um where do you go to reset if you've had a bit of a rough week or a rough day yeah, I have. I'm really grateful. I have a few options. I have a few people I can call to just say, "Hey, <laughs> have you got five, ten, twenty minutes? I just really need to be heard." Um, in fact, in the front of my journal, I draw a circle every time I have a new journal, which is about once every three months, and I just write the people around who I just sense I could call because mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm really the most, the time I'm most needing support is when I often feel least worthy of it. So if I have this at the front of my journal. I can open that page and go, who could I call out of these people right now? Um, I also, nature just receives me however I am, only every time. <laughs> so I find myself even a tree or just looking out now to the garden. Um, yeah, a bird, yeah, anything mm-hmm. like that. Cool. Yeah, great question. Um, this, this deep question gets people, but um, if you had to choose one thing that we would ha- that we could change with the education system, what do you think that might be? I think it would be, wow, interesting. I'm interested to hear myself say this, um, support for teachers. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Especially, you know, the more teachers I speak to these days, the more it feels very, very important that we support them more than ever. Excellent. All right, Kate, where can we find out more about your work so I can direct people to you? Uh, sure. Um, I've got a website, which is, it's not my forte, <laughs> but it's, it does the job. It's, um, hearttalkmatters.com, um, or NVC Australia. Um, there's many of us trainers listed there. Mm. Um, nvcaustralia.com. Yeah. Yeah. So we can find you there. Yeah. Cause I think that a lot of people will be interested in, um, reaching out and getting in touch. And I know that Cat from Everyday Empowered um, helps to facilitate your work or to, or to organise your workshops, which is how um, we came to land on your doorstep, which has been, you know, so phenomenal to be able to work with you. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for working with us. And um, we are continuing to hopefully work with Kate next year with our team because we 
just think that the work is so important. <laughs> Great. The only other thing I want to mention there is also on my website you would find um, I love taking re reforming the classroom or the or the workshop setting. So I just come back from a trip, an NVC bushwalking trip to Kakadu, <sighs> and I've got a NVC canoe journey to happen. Um, with the both with beautiful teams of, of people of women um that's happening in january um yeah they're really really fun integrating nvc and, and wild adventures it's really fun sounds like the perfect combination honestly um, amazing. So, yeah, we'll put that information also on our show notes so people can access that as well. Thank you so much for joining us again, Kate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Vicky. I've really enjoyed it too. That was a really powerful conversation that I had with Kate today. I hope you enjoyed listening to Kate as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. NVC is something that we highly recommend for all people, but if you work with children or you're a leader, this course really is a must. Um, if you're in the business of human connection, then your life will be changed by learning more about MVC. Now, if you're also in the business of working with children or you're curious about starting a nature play business, for example, or a forest school, then you'll definitely want to check out our signature online course, Your Wild Business. This is a Kickstarter program like no other. We've specifically designed it for teachers, forest school leaders, outdoor recce's, early years educators, those people that are ready to leap into the big wide world of business. If you want to take the guesswork out of starting from scratch, which, you know, it's taken it's five years of very hard work, a long haul for Nikki and I to create our own business. If you want to share all those secrets and avoid the three most common mistakes that we and others have made when they started their nature play business, then you can head to our website, which is www.wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business and check out our exclusive training to get you started on the right path towards your wild business journey. We're going to share with you our proven seed sprout blossom framework that will help you create a nature play business deeply rooted in community, values and purpose. So head to wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild business to check it out. This conversation today has been one of my favourites and as always, I love doing this journey with you. Thank you for being here and until next week, stay wild. Stay wild.